Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And Chris, we're less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. We are at the crunch time of being draft Knicks, of being draft fans. We're watching last-second reports. We're cramming in as many players as we can. (laughs) But in less than two weeks, we will know who the Giants select in the first round, if they select anybody in the first round. How are you doing, Chris? Uh, I am... Doing well, getting honestly a little bit frazzled because, as you said, it is crunch time. It's honestly been crunch time for about a month because just the structure of this draft is so wide open. You know, there are a few top prospects and then this massive plane of prospects who are all going to have about the same grades. It's it's going to be wild. And the Giants more than likely will not land any of those theoretical top prospects who are going to be at the top of the draft unless they trade up, which I don't believe is on the agenda for Joe Shane, at least all the way up to where you can get a Christian Gonzalez or a Devon Witherspoon or a player of that ilk. So today, though, we will be discussing the wide receiver position. So there's a solid handful of wide receivers who are being discussed in the first round of the NFL draft, Chris, but I'll say this, and I know this is not a novel take, This draft class at wide receiver seems to be at the top significantly weaker than the previous draft classes. Like it wasn't that long ago when we were going over draft classes that had Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, and even last year with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State guys. You had like players like Traylon Burks, and it was a it was a pretty loaded class. And Jameson Williams didn't even play last year. I would say safe to say this class is not as high end as that class, but I feel like the giants are still going to be in the market for a wide receiver at 25. Yeah, I think so as well. That's a lot of what we're hearing that wide receiver is one of the positions the giants are honing in on. Of course, this is also peak smokescreen season. Mm. So we've also heard that the giants are honing in on quarterback and they're honing in on interior offensive line. And there's, and there's the possibility of a trade and uh, in reality, nobody, but, Joe Shane and Brian Dable know precisely where they're looking, but just looking at the Giants roster and how they've allocated the resources so far, wide receiver does make a ton of sense. It does make a ton of sense, but it is interesting. Now, let's be clear. There's only two wide receivers on the Giants roster right now who will be under contract through next season, and that's Darius Slayton and Wanda Robinson. What I mean by next season is 2024, not 2023. So, The Giants could really go in any direction, but if you look at the Giants roster for 2023, it's a slot machine. They're basically all (laughs) slot players. Yeah, Sterling Shepard, Chris, has played outside before in the past. I believe that was with Pat Shermer, maybe a little bit with uh, Joe Judge as well. Yes. But 
he predominantly has success and I think is best utilized out of the slot. So when you look at the top receivers in this draft class, a lot of them project to be slot receivers. Now, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, and we'll go through these guys, they aligned on the outside at various points throughout their collegiate career. But Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State is predominantly slot, right? That's where he had his success. He didn't play basically at all this last season because of the hamstring injury. But when he was out there with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and 11 personnel with CJ Stroud throwing the football, he operated out of the slot. That's where he's going to have success because his spatial awareness and his short area movement skills are absolutely elite. He's not the best athlete in terms of like straight line and, and taking the top off. That's not what he does. But holy crap, does he know how to uncover and how to find space to be the quarterback's best friend. And to me, he is my top receiver in this draft class. I just don't believe he would fall to 25. Yeah, the, how these various wide receivers fall on the draft board is going to be one of the one of the fascinating things to watch as the first round unfolds because like you said, none of them are in the same any they're not even on the same planet as Jamar Chase as prospects or even the prospect the receiving prospects we saw last year which you know that class got hit pretty heavily with uh, untimely injuries especially the Alabama prospects but I I sort of wonder if the makeup of this wide receiver class how you've got a few guys that are probably first round picks or could you could at least justify picking in the first round and then a whole bunch of guys that have a lot of questions they're even bigger outliers i wonder if that could convince teams to grab a wide receiver early rather than taking a chance on getting a guy who is perhaps more likely to be a bust later for the giants if if they want an outside receiver, which they should, I would agree that Zay Flowers and Jordan Edison are probably the top two. Also, I would say Quentin Johnson out of TCU. He's got the size and lower body explosiveness, although he doesn't have the speed. And he had a his his agility drills, I don't think matched what we saw on tape from him. And then there's also Jalen Hyatt, which... You know, Blitnikoff Award winner was the best receiver in the country last year, but he is he is a vertical threat, which is another question mark for the Giants because they didn't have a ton of vertical threats last year. I mean, Darius Slayton is primarily a vertical threat, but outside of him, they didn't have much, but they also didn't seem to have much interest in throwing the ball deep. So is that a chicken and egg type deal? Would acquiring a Jalen Hyatt help unlock a vertical game for them? Or do they just not have any interest in that? And I think that's the question. That's the question. And I feel like the other important question when we're looking at these wide receivers is, let's take Joe Shane at face value. What has Joe Shane said, Chris? Joe Shane said the trait that he's looking for most in wide receivers is the ability to create separation. So they're not necessarily, and that doesn't mean this is going to preclude them from selecting a player who might be six foot two, who's more of a boundary X type of player, even though they have Darren Waller, who should fill that role nicely for the Giants, despite being a tight end. But he's looking for guys who are smart, who know how to manipulate coverage, a la A. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. He's looking for players who know how to, who know the nuance and the subtleties on how to run routes. 
I would say that's Jordan Addison. And I would also say that that is Zay Flowers. Whereas Jalen Hyatt and Quentin Johnston, if we're just talking about these first round guys, Jalen Hyatt, you're right. This guy is a straight burner. I think he has pretty damn good ball skills as well in terms of just tracking into his hands. But other than that, he's basically a one trick pony playing in Josh Heupel's offense where route running wasn't necessarily stressed. I don't believe he's as good in the open field as you would imagine for a player with his type of athletic capabilities in terms of picking up yak. I feel like players like Zay Flowers are better than a player like Jalen Hyatt. And in terms of Quentin Johnston, and we probably have brought this up on the podcast before, but look, dude, like I really like the fact that you are six foot two, like what, 208 pounds. You have good size. I, I feel like his ability to move in the short areas, like you said, he ran like a seven, three, one, three cone. He looks a lot quicker than that on tape, but you're not the big body receiver that people are making you out to be in the sense that you're going up and like commanding the catch point. Yeah. He has a couple contested catches on his film that are impressive, but that's not his game, man. Like he doesn't play like that big receiver. You're basically drafting an X prototype who plays like a Z or plays like a <laughs> like a slot. Like he he's a much smaller receiver in the in the ways that he plays, and that is a positive and a negative, in my opinion, on Quentin Johnston. And I do think it's going to be fascinating to see how this wide receiver, how this wide receiver class kind of falls, and who will even be available to the Giants at 25. The Giants have shown interest in, I think, every single one of these five players that we have brought up. I know they took Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith and Jigba out to dinner. I'm not sure if they wine and dine Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt, but there have been links between them. So I think any of these five could be possibilities for the Giants. But in your opinion, who does the, the creating the separation? Who creates the best separation, in your opinion? I think I would have to go with Zay Flowers out of the, out of the group just because... Number one, he was a he did it inside and out, and he also did it with the worst supporting cast. He had by far the worst quarterbacking out of this group, and there wasn't anything else around him at Boston College. Like JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he had he he is a great route runner. In some ways, he kind of reminds me of Victor Cruz. But he also had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. He had C.J. Stroud with his just precision ball placement and ability to throw receivers open. Yeah, it, Zay Flowers never really knew where the ball was going to be if it was even going in his direction. And then there's guys on day two that we'll go over who are where I feel like the conversation gets interesting because, yeah, this isn't a Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson type of draft at the wide receiver position. But I do think there are a solid chunk of day two options that the Giants could possibly bring into their wide receiver room, and they would be immediate assets that would have a year one impact. Maybe not to the level of Isaiah Flowers or Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we could probably take out of the conversation because he's not going to be there at 25. <laughs> but when you talk about other position groups that aren't as deep as wide receiver, maybe the Giants look to go in that direction in round one and wait on wide receivers since there is a solid amount of day two, early day three picks who can have an impact. Yeah, and I think that depending on, as you say, how the board falls, maybe the Giants wind up going cornerback because there is a bunch of very good corners in this draft. That's something we're going to talk about in a future show, maybe the next one, we'll see. And a lot of there are a lot of, I think, really interesting wide receivers 
in this draft class who should be good, solid day two picks, even if they've got either enough warts or not enough upside to be considered a first round pick. So let's go through it this way too, with the round one options. If you had it your way, Chris, and I'm going to put you in the GM chair for a second. If you had it your way, what is it? McDonald's have it your way. I don't (laughs) even know whichever one it is. Okay. And the Giants had to pick a wide receiver at 25. Who would that wide receiver be? Mm. Now, are we assuming the top guys are all there? Everyone's available. No one wanted wide receivers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is honestly a difficult question because there are reasons to go with a Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigbo or Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson or Jalen Hyatt. I think I would probably take Johnson and Hyatt off, not not take them off the board, but take them out of consideration for this draft beca- or for this selection. Just going with what Joe Shane says, the, the Giants need natural separators. They need guys who are able to run good routes with precision, with timing, because so much of this offense is, whether it's the RPO side of the offense or the quick game side of the offense, it's built on scheming separation, scheming easy reads, and being able to get the ball out quickly. So I want a guy who is who specializes in doing that. So that pretty much leaves us with Flowers, Smith and Jigba, or Addison. I think just because the Giants have so many slot options, like you say, they're the slot machine. I think then I would probably lean towards either Addison or Flowers. And of the of those two guys, uh, kind of a coin, kind of a coin flip for me. Uh, I think I like Flowers, his competitiveness and just ability to win outside with physicality as much as with his uh, quickness and technical prowess than Jordan Addison. But I don't think you could really go wrong either way. Yeah, I like all three of the ones that you named right there. I actually might. I mean, he's number one on my board, Smith and Jigba. I might go in that direction and just say, hey, the Giants will figure this out because they're a smart coaching staff. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba might fit what they do best, even though they kind of had a re- have redundant skill sets with, I don't want to say redundant, but like just guys who prototype better for the slot because Wondell Robinson is a lot different than Jackson Smith and Jigba as is Paris Campbell, even though they're all slot type of players. So I might lead Smith and Jigba, but I think, I mean, I'm okay with Flowers, Addison and Smith and Jigba if the Giants are going to go wide receiver. Personally, Chris, just looking at other positions with the Giants need, I'm not going to be upset if they go wide receiver. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the best bang for their buck, considering some of these day two options who I also really appreciate, who I think still have a lot of upside, maybe not as much, but relative to the other position groups that are going to be around at 25 and the second round, I think I'd rather go with another position group and then invest in wide receiver a little bit later. I don't really have first round grades at any of these guys, except for Smith and Jigba, who's who's in that conversation. I don't really care that he's... uh, ran a four five two with a one six five ten yard split and that he's not the biggest i mean he's six foot but he has like a 13 and a half inch wingspan i just think he 
understands how to run routes. Like he can be like a Cooper Cup in the league, a little bit smaller, but like that's that's Smith and Jigba's. I feel like path to success. Like I don't see how he's not going to be an effective player at the NFL level. And I think Flowers and Addison will be fine. I do, but I could see, I could see them. I, I think Addison might have a higher floor than Flowers, and I don't know exactly if I'm being fair in saying that. Like I think Addison is going to be like at worst, like a number, a low end number two, and at best he could be a number one. But I don't think that as of right now. Uh, whereas Flowers. I just think he runs beautiful routes, man. I, I think if you get him in the right coaching with the right coaching staff, he can have so much success. And I have Flowers ranked over Addison, but if I think if I had to choose, I'm going to go with Smith and Jigba. That that's uh, the path I think I'm going to go. And that is completely fair. And one of the big questions is: Can Smith and Jigba play outside? We never really got a chance to see that because of his injuries this year. Maybe he is a talented outside receiver maybe his quickness his route running all that translates outside without issue it's just that without evidence we don't know for sure no we don't and then one more thing before we go to our day two options i do think there's a lot of day two options and and chris i want to get your opinion on some of this some of these guys aren't even on the list right here in front of us i think some of these guys fit with what brian dable and, and mike kafka really want in terms of the smart intelligent smart, tough, dependable type of players. But in terms of Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt, I think Hyatt, I think the Giants need somebody with Hyatt's skill set. I just don't want the Giants really to select Hyatt at 25. There's just a lot of red flags there. I think there's a he's a he's a building block in terms of if you need that guy who can take the top off of the defense, who is solid ball tracker, who was the Bolitnikoff winner this past season. Yeah, it's Jalen Hyatt, but I also think there are really fast wide receivers that you can just get later on. Whereas, like you look at Jalen Hyatt's profile, it's it's not complete. I don't think Quentin Johnston, as a big body receiver, has a complete profile. I just think he is a freak, freakazoid type of athlete. Even though the three cone doesn't suggest that, but when you watch him, you see how he moves, and it's like, wow, I can see why there is such an allure to this player. But then you see him go up to a catch point, and he doesn't bring in the football like a big receiver should, and you're like, why can't you do that consistently? So I I wouldn't be upset with them at 25, I don't think. But I just and when I say that, Chris, I wouldn't be upset. It's mainly because I'm trusting Joe Shane. I trust this general manager and this coaching staff to figure out a way to get the most out of these players, right? So that's why I wouldn't be upset. But that, those would not be my first choices, and I probably would prefer other people. Yeah, and of course, we would have to see how the board broke down because it's entirely possible that we have a nightmare scenario where – Quentin Johnson, Jalen Hyatt are the only receivers still on the board. The top or the the best options for cornerback have gone. Uh, the top centers are off the board, and there aren't really any edge defenders. Yeah, you know, it um, it's unlikely, but it is possible. All right, Chris. Before we get into the day two options, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. All right, Chris, there's a lot of different directions we can go in, in terms of the day two options, because some of these guys, they might be early day three options. We don't know how the board is going to fall. And I'm going to kind of throw a little bit of a change up at you. It's not a curveball, it's a change up. <laughs> have you watched Michael Wilson from Stanford? No, I have not. Oh, well, actually, yes, I have. I've watched so many guys, I've forgotten who I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I completely understand that. 
I put his film on earlier this week. I've been hearing so many people rave about him. And I was like, all right, yeah, all right, whatever. But I put it on and I said, if this guy did not have injury issues, this guy is a top five receiver in this class. And I don't even think it's really that close. Like he is one of the more determined and precise route runners. He's not the biggest, but he's not small. I think he is like 6'2", like maybe like 208. I'm trying to pull up his his uh, his measurements right here. So that is a solid sized receiver. But holy crap, dude, does this guy run with conviction, determination. He can make contested catches. If this guy did not have the, the slew of injuries, he, he basically has missed significant time in every season he was at the Cardinal. So that, that can't be ignored. But just in terms of what they can do on the football field, man, bro. And I know he's not the fastest, but th- this guy has something different. And I really appreciated his skill set. Yeah, Michael Wilson, he he is a guy I liked. Yeah, the injuries are a pretty big issue with him. You know, he's had a season-ending foot injury in 2020. Uh, he wasn't able to get back to get back from that until November of 2021. Uh, that is quite a lot. And he also had an undisclosed injury and his 2022 season. But when he is healthy, when he is on the field, he's got good size. He's got very good quickness. You know, he had a 681, 6.81 three cone at just under 6'2 and 215 pounds at the combine. Now, yeah, he's quicker than fast. He's got a 4.5840, but a 1.53 10-yard split and a 37.5-inch vert. For a guy his size, that is very, very quick, which kind of falls into an a wide receiver archetype we've talked about quite a bit lately, which is the the guys who don't have the raw speed, but they've got good change of direction and good lower body explosiveness. So they can run precise routes and then have a good burst out of their breaks and cuts to create separation and then enough speed to maintain it. It's what I like to think of as the Victor Cruz model. Second time I brought him up, but yeah, it, it, he is a guy with whom Giants fans should be pretty familiar i think and wilson does kind of fit that model he is a good route runner he's a smart route runner that's what stood out to me in his tape another player that i just added to this list and i wanted to see if if you had eyes on just because i haven't heard too many people rave about him because he played in a really crappy offense in 2022 is Jaden reed out of michigan state I know there are some big draft nicks who are onto him, like Dane Brugler and people that I do respect. But overall, I haven't heard much about him like generating day two buzz. And when I went through some of his 2021 tapes, specifically against Maryland, I felt like he was a pretty damn good player who, despite the fact that he isn't, you know, 6'2, Jaden Reed is 5'11, 187 pounds. So he's afflicted by being a smaller-ish type of receiver in this draft class, which I feel like they all are. But when you turn on his tape, dude, this guy like has good hands, tracks it into his concentration, tracks it into his palms, you know, can pluck away from his frame. I felt like he was a pretty solid receiver. Did you get any eyes on him? Yes, I did. I've I've got a scouting report out on him as well. Love it. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I he is another guy. He's probably he's quicker than fast. And I think he's super competitive. I think he is, again, another very smart route runner. Uh one of the things that stood out to me is every route he runs is a vertical route until it isn't. And that really puts defensive backs on their heels, uh, literally. And he will get right up on a corner's toes 
and then break back towards the ball and have a ton of separation doing that. Natural hands catcher, like you say, he plucks the ball out out of the air, and he is just super competitive in every aspect of his game. Like, if you've turned on the Michigan State offense for some reason, and just pick a random play, and somehow Jaden Reed is helping that play. Either he is on the receiving end making a tough catch, or he is blocking for their running back or blocking for a teammate. Like he is a guy who just loves to get his hands dirty and is always involved somehow. And he's tough too, man. Like he can make like these contested catches in these tight areas, run through arm tackles. I just feel like he's a player that I haven't seen around giants Twitter all that much that I'm like, yo, this guy, you know, round three or something like that. Like, I feel like this would be a solid addition. And, but for whatever reason, I I just, I haven't really seen too much of it, but he's a player that has caught my eye and I've watched a decent amount of these wide receivers. The one wide receiver, Chris, that, I mean, anybody who follows me knows that I have, uh, I I love this guy. (laughs) I just, I really do. And that's, um, tank Dell out of Houston. Like I, I really, I find tank Dell and I get it. He's, you know, he weighs about as much as a feather. He's not big. He's like five foot eight, 165 pounds. But when you watch his tape at Houston, dude, he is making catches over the middle of the field. He is coming back to the football. I feel like he has some of the most sudden movements in this entire draft class. Might not be the fastest. He's fast. He's still a 4-4 guy. Might not be the fastest. But damn, does he change direction. Damn, does he know how to run routes. Bro, I would never want to guard this guy up his route stem. There are so many micro movements. His freaking body is going in every direction, Chris. I have no idea where the guy is going to go. He's really good out on an island. And I understand the reservations because of that size, but holy crap, do I want this kid to work out because I I think he is just such a joy to watch and so freaking exciting. And I don't know where he's going to fall in the draft, man, with that kind of frame and that kind of size, but he's to me, he's different than the two, two Atwells of the world. He gets linked to him. Like, I feel like he is a much better wide receiver, just being a wide receiver than players like that, who were smaller players that he's always comp to just because of their size. But when you watch him play, he has a lot more. I feel like of the wide receiver traits is just in a smaller package. Yeah, he my comp for Tank Dell is a Jack Russell Terrier. Just <laughs> nobody ever told him that he was not the biggest dog in a fight and he will mix it up with the biggest mastiffs out there and win because that's just what he does. Like he is just a coiled spring. He is so twitchy and explosive. Like you said, he isn't the fastest receiver out there, but Man, he is so quick. He is so explosive in his lower body that it almost doesn't matter. And yeah, he he's small, but NFL teams are getting a lot better at using smaller players and getting the most out of them. Like you you don't have to have a Plexico Burris on the outside to play offense anymore. You can you can run a perfectly functional offense with undersized players out there because teams have just gotten so good at weaponizing every bit of an offense from the tempo to the route combinations to the spacing and alignment of the players. And it's just so difficult for a defense to take advantage of a smaller offensive player now because they're so good at neutralizing any kind of size advantage a big corner has. And another player like that who has caught my eye was Josh Downs mm-hmm. out of North Carolina. Yeah, 
have you gotten a chance to watch him yet? Yeah, I've watched Josh Downs. You want to talk about just a clean prospect, bro. Like somebody who is just going to be where you need him to be, a reliable slot option. Yeah, Josh Downs is a super clean prospect. Again, he's undersized, probably quicker than fast out there. But he is another player. Nobody ever told him that he was little. And one of the things that actually caught me by surprise is you talked about how Quentin Johnston doesn't play up to his size. Well, Josh Downs does. And by that, I mean, he plays up to Quentin Johnson's size. He he leads this draft class in contested catches at like, what, 170 pounds? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. He's he's very good at the catch point in terms of his concentration. Like he's if you need a slot receiver, like he's it right there. You get this guy on day two, you can bring him in. And he his fan bases are going to absolutely love him. Like if you can't get Jackson Smith and Jigba, but you want a Jackson Smith and Jigba, you can go out and you can get Josh Downs, who is a little bit smaller and maybe not be as great with the change of direction, but he's still a very spatially aware player who's going to find those soft spots in zone coverage and be the quarterback's best friend. But Chris, let's go on to two more undersized receivers before we get into some guys who are actually, you know, bigger because we haven't really talked about many bigger dudes other than Johnston and I guess Hyatt. I want to go with Charlie Jones out of Purdue and Charlie Jones. He might be there on day three. So this is a player who initially attended the University of Buffalo, transferred to Iowa for two years, realized Iowa's offense sucked and he needed to be in an offense that passed the football. So he went to Purdue. And he, I think he like set records at Purdue. Like this is a, a wildly productive player who I don't know how he did it, but he made so many tight catches where I'm like, how the hell did Charlie Jones come down with that football against like Joey Porter Jr. and against some of the top cornerbacks in this draft class. And he was just Mr. Reliable for Purdue, for Aiden O'Connell, running just a ton of different types of routes, winning on the vertical plane, winning along the sidelines, winning over the middle of the field. I think this is a an excellent option with a very high floor because he was a really good kick returner throughout his college career. And if the Giants could get this guy a little bit later on in the draft, I really think he would find a role in this offense because of how smart he is, how tough he is, and role, how dependable he is. Yeah, Charlie Jones really could be a player the Giants look at if they want to use one of their, what, seven day three picks and double down on the position and just continue to add talent to this offense. Yeah, another guy who I think his name is starting to generate some momentum on the on day two. I have no clue where on day two he could go. Second round, maybe down to the bottom of the third round. Who knows? But that's Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Again, another guy who is undersized. Yeah, he is five ten, almost five eleven, hundred eighty three pounds. Doesn't have the longest arms, uh, thirty one and a half inches basically. But man, he is quick. He is athletic. He is versatile and he is super competitive out there. You know, you see a 180 pound receiver guy, people would just look at and assume to be a slot option. And he's just out there blocking with good technique. Like he's an offensive lineman or something that that's going to stand out to coaches. But in the first, first part, you talked about how the giants do need somebody with Jalen Hyatt's skill set. Maybe not specifically Jalen Hyatt because of where you would have to draft him, but somebody who can track, who can locate, track, take the top off of the defense. And I think Marvin Mims might be that guy because he does have that 4-3 speed. Yeah, he hauled in 34 of 66 deep career targets at Oklahoma. 
And he has some like just circus playmaking type of ability. Like I've seen like one handed catches. I've seen catches like where he like toe tap something that Nate Burleson would be you know, very, very excited <laughs> about like toe drag swag. I, I like Marvin Mims. I- I'm trying to gauge where exactly the Giants like what's the best value to get a guy like him. I don't think he is a complete wide receiver. I have a scouting report out on him. If anybody wants to go check that out at a. Uh, Another website you can find it on my Twitter feed. Not going to say it on this podcast, right? <laughs> but uh, I did. I did really appreciate Marvin Mims's tape, and I also just got done watching Tyler Scott, who's another undersized receiver. Before we transition to the to the bigger guys, I like Tyler Scott, man. Tyler Scott, man, this guy is shot out of a cannon. He had his play against ECU where he caught a slant and he just like made like three defensive backs look silly as he just took it to the house. Like really, really good. Just pure acceleration and speed, but he was a former running back in high school. Just transitioned to play wide receiver, and that's kind of evident on his tape. Because if you throw anything that he has to adjust to, it's not really that great of a time for Tyler Scott. But if the Giants want that guy who could take the top off of defense and threaten defenses vertically, he's another option similar to Marvin Mims, who could be there for the Giants somewhere on day two. Yeah. The- there are a lot of these guys out there with Marvin Mims, with Tank Dell, with Josh Downs, with Tyler Scott. And I think a lot of them could be available for the Giants, maybe with their third round pick. And some of them might even drop into the fourth round just because they are all physical outliers. Like so much of this wide receiver class is made up of physical outliers guys who are absolutely going to fall below teams thresholds. And some teams still stay very close to their thresholds. And if a guy is under 200 pounds or, you know, whatever they set, you know, if he's under six foot one, then he's got to be a slot receiver. If he's under 200 pounds, we're not going to look at him, you know, whatever. That's just kind of off the top of my head. I don't know of any team that is that picky, but I think this, and I've said this before, I think this is going to be a draft where a couple teams absolutely nail it. They just crush this draft. And then other teams completely whiff and GMs get fired because of this draft, because of how many outliers there are. So Chris, three big body wide receivers. We don't have to talk about all three, but three that I feel like are being discussed around that day two range. Cedric Tillman's getting some some buzz in round one, who's the Tennessee wide receiver. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss is another one. And then Rashid Rice from SMU. Which one of these three do you want to discuss? Ooh. I, Tillman is interesting because he had round one buzz coming into the year, but he's dealt with, uh, I believe it was an ankle injury. I believe, if I remember correctly, he High had tight spray. ropes. Yeah, and he had tight, tight rope surgery basically to aid the healing process so he could get back for the end of the for the end of the season. I think if you are looking at Quentin Johnson in the first round, you should look at Cedric Tillman in the second round. I don't know that he would fall to the Giants. The one who I think really interests me is Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss because he has all the traits to be a true X receiver. He just hasn't had the development yet. And he's like somebody too, man. Like when you look at him, six foot one, 220, rocked up, ran a four, four, long arms, gigantic hands. There's a lot to appreciate about him. It's just his production profile was limited, 
I would say. Like he, I think he only has one season of over 379 yards and only one season with more than 25 catches in a pass-happy offense. He's not, I would say, the most explosive player like off the line of scrimmage, but his size-speed combination, I feel like, is something that teams are just going to absolutely fall in love with. Scouts are going to absolutely fall in love with, especially with all of these pint-sized wide receivers in this draft class. That's why I think Cedric Tillman, who is one of the better contested catch guys coming out of Josh Heupel's offense, and Jonathan Mingo, there's going to be teams who will look in their direction, these bigger-body guys rather than the Tank Dells of the world. It's just going to be pick your flavor. But there is one more receiver, Chris, that I think just watching his tape, and I'm not even sure if you saw him. And I think you could also throw A.T. Perry into the conversation, the Wake Forest kid with Cedric Tillman and Mingo, just as kind of a, a bigger body type of guy. But the one player that I just feel like Joe Shane and Brian Dable and Mike Kafka would love because his skill set fits what they're looking for, and you can get him later on in the draft, is Iowa State's Xavier Hutchinson. Have you watched him yet? He is... One guy I have not had the chance to watch yet. I am aware of him. I believe I've seen him against other prospects. He is very interesting. He does have a good, I think, size-speed combination. And he's not the fastest or anything like that. That's not why I necessarily think that the that Joe Shane is going to be like really interested in him. It's 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 the route savvy. It's the understanding where to be. It's it's the knowing what the coverage is right after the snap and then knowing where to place yourself to maximize the potential of the play and be on the same page as your quarterback. I felt like he was a very smart route runner, understood how to manipulate zones, understood how to create separation in man coverage, despite the fact that he isn't the most twitchy or the most explosive type of player. And if we're talking about adding a wide receiver in maybe early round four, maybe round three, somewhere like that, you're talking about a six foot one, 207 pound, big body guy who was productive all throughout his career in the Big 12 at Iowa State. But physical, smart, tough. I think this is a, a player that the Giants would be interested in. Yeah. And there's one other option I want to just, again, bring up as an, as an option, as a possibility. And that is maybe the Giants draft a tight end and mm. not a wide receiver. We already saw them acquire Darren Waller as a as a offensive weapon, as a receiving weapon, which former wide receiver turned tight end. But yeah, Dalton Kincaid is a guy that exists. And honestly, I think he might be the best receiver in this draft class. <laughs> Yeah, Dalton Kincaid, and I haven't done an evaluation on him, but just watching him, he has some legitimate traits as a receiver, just like very soft hands, tracks over his shoulder, contorts his body, body adjustment, body control. Somebody is going to land him. He could be around one pick. And I know like a lot of mock drafts, like, yo, get him to the Kansas City Chiefs. Could you imagine that 12 personnel package with Travis Kelsey and, and Kincaid? It would be a lot of fun. But yeah, you're talking about a very smooth athlete who understands what to do and how to catch a damn football, which we know is very, very important. But Chris, do you have any other players you want to bring up? No, I, just, I think we've talked about just about every wide receiver who could possibly go to the Giants with their first three picks. So of course <laughs> they will go someplace else completely. Of course they're going to go Trey Palmer out of Nebraska now. <laughs> yes, obviously. 
Obviously. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. If you have not done so yet, please like, subscribe, comment on the podcast, wherever you get the podcast. That goes a long way for us. And also, please head on over to our website, bigblueview.com, where we're covering the draft extensively. Thank you and have a lovely day.